how do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. This is the motivation. Welcome to another episode of Juju Tittles Coast to Coast, the podcast that talks about what's important on and off the mat. On this episode, we're doing our monthly 40s with friends segment. As we all know, the conversations we have on the mats after class are just as informative and entertaining as those that we have at the beginning of class. On this segment, we're going to be doing some sharing of some crazy stories we found interesting and wanted to share more with you guys today. I got my boys, Cousin Aunt, Fonzo. How you play boys doing today? I'm doing good, man. Doing good as always. Can't wait to talk about this segment. I know it's the first time I've been on 40s with friends, but I'm really looking forward to it. What about you, Fonz? Doing good, man. Got my uh, michelada that I'm sipping on with some uh, Pacifico beer in it. So I'm doing great. It's a good Sunday, Sunday fun day. Glad to have you on this, Ant. Want to hear your topic for sure. And I got a good one this time. Frank, how you doing? Bro, you know what? I feel like before we start this show off, I have to take a shot, like to prepare my to prepare myself for what we're about to do. Because Dang. on this segment, I mean, I'm feeling so like heated, so excited about this topic, man. Or not really this topic, but this episode. I've been doing a lot of prep work, a lot of research. Uh, I got a mild chub going right now, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm really excited, dude. I got some sick ass topics to share with everybody today. Uh, I hope that everyone got to see the little promo video we put out this week on Instant. Shared it on Face. Uh, if you didn't, don't even trip because we got you here, guys. Why don't we remind everybody what our topics are for this week? Cuz why don't you go uh, and share what you're sharing while I go prep this shot for myself? I'll be right back, homies. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, uh, so in this episode, I'll be talking about uh, Marvel, basically nerding out a little bit, talking about Marvel and how it's changed over the years, especially being that this is something that, you know, Frankie and I, we grew up with uh, from little kids, you know, collecting comics and uh, collecting comic cards and stuff like that. And, you know, just over the years now, finally having uh, a actual like seeing it real life. And there's a conversation a couple of the guys at the gym had. About how, like, when we were little, we never thought that we would ever see this come to fruition. And we always, as little kids, always thought, like, man, that would be so great if you could actually, if this, if you could just take it to the next level. And just that's just what we were talking about, about how Marvel has just come from way back then to where it is now and hopefully where it's going to go. Hell yeah. That's fucking sounds like an amazing topic, dude. Sounds cool. And uh, did you already introduce your topics? Not yet, man. So my my topic for today is uh, just some crazy shit. You know, like I said, I always try to like just follow some crazy pages. I have some crazy information every once in a while. I'm like, what the fuck? What is this about? Makes me think about it and uh, read about read up on it some more. So what we're talking about today is a crazy experiment that happened. I think it was in the 70s. And it's um, some guy doing a social experiment with mice, and he set up this utopia uh, about these these like he 
had a bunch of mice or whatever, and he just you know made it so that way they had everything they need, but it did not turn out the way that most people would expect. It just went crazy haywire. So that's what I want to talk about today and what it might mean, like, you know, for social implications with like people in general. Like, what does that mean for all of us? Um, so, yeah, I found that super interesting, but disturbing at the same time. Hey, yeah, dude. And I, wow. I remember I was wilding out when you were telling me about the topic, dude. I did a little bit of research on my own and I was I was taken back by what I what I read. So I can't wait to tell uh, to hear what you got for us on this on your crazy story. Yeah. What about you? What would you uh, bring to the table today, Frank? Bro, check this out. Before I start, let me take this little shotito right here. Uh, brought to Do you it. by my brother-in-law, Felipe Sampson, all the way from Alabama. Thank you for this liquor I poured out for myself right here. Salud, brothers, and for everybody out there listening in podcast land. Let's kick this episode off right. Salud. Salud. All right. Let me tell you what I'm going to be talking about tonight, guys. On tonight's segment of 40s with Friends, I'm going to be talking about Lee Murray, MMA fighter turned bank robber. Yes, that's right. Bank robber reportedly stole over $92 million. um, And I'm pretty sure he did it without shooting one single bullet. So we'll get into that in a little bit. And my second, second topic is something that it's kind of been gaining steam on the internet, depending on where you're looking. Uh, but this was something that was brought to my attention way back in January 2020. And I wish I would have listened to my boy. Uh, shout out to the Hankster, Henry Badillo. Uh, some of you listeners might know him by uh, Navy Times with Hankster, <laughs> uh, one of our <laughs> one of our awesome South Park style cartoons. Thanks, Hankster. But back in January, Hankster or Henry was telling me about virtual real estate in the meta universe. And I was like, I, I didn't look too much into it, but since then it has been slowly growing and growing and gaining steam online. And Henry is all in on this. And I'm slowly starting to try to dip, dip my toes into this. And I'm talking about earth too. So uh, that's what I'm going to be talking about. So gentlemen, if you all don't mind, uh, how about I start? I kick us off with a little Lee Murray story, yes? Yeah, let's do it. Sounds good. All right, all right. So for those of you old school jujiteros out there, old school MMA fans, you may know the name Lee Murray, uh, who did fight back in UFC. Gosh, what did he fight in? UFC 47, 46, I want to say. Uh, and I know this because... This was the first UFC that me and our boy Eddie Eduardo Contreras went out to. And it was like one of the first fights. One of the first fights on this card was a gentleman by the name of Lee Murray, who's fighting at 170 pounds in the world weight class, taking on, uh, I want to say it was Jorge Santiago. And he ended up winning by triangle. And I didn't know too much about Lee Murray at the time, but as soon as he won, he jumped up on the cage and started flexing and started pointing at somebody out in the crowd. Mind you, this is UFC 46, so this is early 2000s. Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell are just starting to make their rise in the UFC. Actually, at this time, Tito Ortiz is the more known fighter of the two. And Tito Ortiz was sitting like front row, second, third row, and Lee Murray was calling him out, telling him, hey, get up in here. You're next. So Lee Murray Ooh. was a welterweight. Uh, 
Tito Ortiz was like the light heavyweight champ or was the light heavyweight champ somewhere around that time. Um, but the reason he was calling him out was because back in the day when the UFC did one of their first shows in the UK, after the show, there was a bunch of UFC fighters hanging out at a bar and Lee Murray was there. Tito Ortiz was there. Pat Militich was there. Uh, I want to say even Bruce Buffer was there. I'm not sure what other old school. Oh, Matt Hughes reportedly was also in this uh, in the crowd when Lee Murray and Tito Ortiz decided to settle their personal beef out in the alley. Have you guys heard this story? Oh no, 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 I no didn't. man. All right, all right. So, so I mean, Tito Ortiz whole lot bigger than uh, Lee Murray. Lee Murray was. Uh, uh, just an up-and-coming MMA fighter at this time, more mostly known as a UK gangster, street fighter at this time. Uh, but he was starting to make the ranks as, as, an, as an amateur fighter, and he did hang around with a lot of fighters at this time. Uh, so it, the story goes that they go out into the alley, and Tito Ortiz, uh, in his Stacey Adams dress shoes, just kidding, I don't know if they're Stacey Adams. I just imagine him <laughs> always wearing a pairs shitty ass dress shoes but supposedly they say he swank he he threw a left hook lee murray dodges it somehow and throws a five punch combo and fucking lights tito up and drops him uh, to say he that's what happened yep. that's what happened to his Dude. career and i knew it yeah pretty much, pretty the much. you're right so he gets dropped and then they say he like he takes a couple more kicks to the dome while he's down Shit. and then that's pretty much it that's pretty much it. They break it up. And then so that begins the legend of Lee Murray. So Lee Murray ends up eventually later on fighting in the UFC. He gets this fight with Jorge Santiago and he, and now he's known, right? So he starts building this name. And then this story starts to come out about how he fought Tito Ortiz and, and whatnot. And I told you guys, he's a street fighter. Uh, also, what I forgot to mention was that he was also a drug dealer. So he liked to deal drugs. He was a hot shot in the UK. Um, anything that was going down in the streets, he was a part of, dude. He's gotten stabbed multiple times, been into crazy bar fights. Uh, supposedly, he was a very lucrative drug dealer, making lots of money, spending it on dumb shit. Uh, but he was also a fighter. He liked to fight, and he started his MMA career out as a brawler and after a while i want to say after his first loss maybe somewhere around there he got subbed and he decided that he was going to come to the united states and train at pat militich's gym with matt hughes and jens pulver and Tim Sylvia and all these monsters back in the early ufc days and so he does and he works on his ground game works on his ground game and a little bit after that he gets that fight in the ufc and he wins by triangle submission so his hard work starting to pay off he comes back to the uk uh i think that he was trying to get a fight back in the ufc but some visa issues popped up and in the meantime he ended up fighting a fighter that was not known in the ufc but was known on the global mma scene uh, i'm not sure if you you guys know this guy, um, Anderson the Spider Silva. Is that ringing a bell, guys? Oh, oh yeah. So he yeah. fights Anderson Silva before Anderson jumps over to the UFC and goes three hard rounds with him in an organization called Cage Rage. And I want to say that was for the 185 pound belt 
which he ends up losing by unanimous decision, but he didn't get knocked out. And so uh, kudos to him. You know, that was kind of like a little notch in his belt. And then soon after that, you know, he kind of just disappears. And not a lot of no, not a lot was known of him until this fucking giant back bank robbery goes down. And I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard of it, but it was called the Securitas Depot robbery. Anybody hear of this? No. No. Uh-uh. Dude, I think this went down like in 2011, 2012, somewhere around there. And uh, actually, I'm sorry, way after that. It was like 0506. And so this video came out of these guys who robbed, uh, and I don't even know if it was a bank. It might have just been like a, like an armored truck company that was about to deliver all this cash. And he, somebody knew all about it. So it was this was a total inside job. Uh, allegedly, it was all handled by Lee Murray. He came out. He had the plans for the whole deal. He had the blueprints for the building. He knew the work schedule for all the workers. He knew who was in charge of the whole deal. And so he came up with this plan where he he organized a team. He got fake cop uh, costumes. He got I don't know if he got fake cop cars or if like fake cop lights. And so what he did was he followed the manager of the bank depot on his way home or some shit, and he pulled the guy over. The guys pull him over, and they pull him out of the car, and they throw him in the back. Like, this guy doesn't even know what's going on. They tell him that he's wanted for speeding and that there are all kinds of people. But really, dude, who's going to pull you out of a car for speeding? Yeah. Yeah. So my man gets pulled out of the car. They put him in the back seat. And after a few seconds of him being in the back seat, they tell him, you know, you you probably realize this by now that we're not cops. And we're going to rob the bank depot and you're going to help us. And if you don't, we're going to kill your fucking family. And then someone calls his family and they have them on the phone. Well, unbeknownst to him, there was another group of people that were going over to his house and they get to his house and they knock on the door. And then when his wife answers, they tell her again, guys dress up like police officers. So she thinks it's cops. She answers the door and they tell her that her husband has been in an awful car accident. And if she wants a ride to the hospital. So what do you think she says? She says, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So she says, yeah, the kid gets in the car with her and they take her to where he's at. So he sees they mean business. And they drive them all to the bank depot place. The manager goes into the work. He tells all the workers, hey, because, by the way, all the workers have these, like, panic buttons on them. So the moment something goes down, they're just supposed to hit these buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cops yeah, yeah. are supposed to come. And there's, like, cop, like a police station, like, not even five, ten minutes away from where they're at. So the bank manager tells all the workers, hey, I'm in a bind. Please do not hit your buttons. My family, uh, his life is on the line. These guys are going to come in here. Don't do any. Boy, I don't know what he says. Two hours later, these guys unload $92 million worth of euros into a car and they take off. And it should have been more, but they didn't plan for that much money. So it took them two hours to manually load all this cash into whatever cars they had. And they take off. Everybody Two hours? That was, 
Yeah, everybody that was held hostage was they locked them up in cages while they were doing this. Once they leave, they tell them, hey, don't get out or we're going to kill you guys, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, they're gone. And I don't know how long it took them to realize that they were gone before they finally came out of their cages and called the cops. But I think they ended up giving them like a 30-minute head start. They never Shit. caught him initially. Initially, they didn't catch him. But, I mean, how many movies have you seen where there's a big bank heist and some of the guys that aren't as smart that end up getting away with the heist end up doing stupid shit with their money, right? Yup. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what ended up happening here. Just These guys didn't spend their money on dumb shit, but they ended up leaving evidence here and there. So... There was, um, I want to say there was like a makeup artist that helped them with prosthetics and that person got caught first and then they pinched them and then that person gave up some names. While they were raiding that house or questioning the artist, the makeup designer, uh, they found a jar of like uh, makeup with the name uh, L. Murray on it. So oh, I don't know shit. if that was uh, bought for somebody, but you know what I mean? That's like a, that's not saying that it was his, you know what I'm saying? But that doesn't right. look good. You know, um, another thing they found was uh, they found one of Lee Murray's cars and in the car, they found one of his cell phones and on the cell phone, he recorded a conversation where he was what talking with another guy about the freaking robbery. <laughs> Dude, who records phone conversations? Hey, there's so, a lot of fucking there's a lot of people that do that shit. <laughs> oh, dude, it was nuts. Yeah. It was nuts. Guys, check this out. So needless to say, the cops were hot on their trail a few days afterwards. And uh Lee Murray, because his dad was a Moroccan citizen, was has the birthright, I guess, of being a, ha- a Moroccan citizen as well. So he takes his best friend who helped in the robbery and they flee to Morocco with I don't know how much of this money, but they got a shitload of it. Not only do they have a shitload of it with them, but it sounds like they have access to it somewhere else because someone keeps sending them money. So they come to Morocco. They settle. Dude, they buy fucking mansions. They buy expensive-ass sports cars. They're always flossing their money. They're going to the mall. Having parties, having drugs. They fly girls from the UK over for the weekend to party with them. They're just like not living under the radar at all. Um, One of the reasons they're able to do this is because Morocco has an anti-extradition law where they don't extradite anybody for for nothing. And so uh, eventually... Lee Murray gets busted for drugs, and that's how the Moroccan uh, government apprehends him, and they throw him in jail. And then the British government is trying to get him extradited, but they're like, no, we got this. We got this. So as he's on trial, you know, his court date or his his trial was complete, and I want to say they gave him like 10 years, 5, 10 years, something like that. Well, he realizes that they're not going to let him out sooner than that, and he's like, I can't be up in here. So while he's in prison, he still has access to all this money. So he's having people bring him in drugs. He has prostitutes coming in. He has all this fancy clothes. So all the other inmates, they see this shit and they don't like it. They're actually, they hate on him big time. 
Well, sooner sooner or later, when Lee Murray is like, he's like, yeah, you know what? I got I coming up with a plan. I got to get out out of this prison. This fool starts dropping weight. This fool starts cutting weight in the prison so that he can cut through the bars and sneak his way out. Wait, 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 so wait, somebody, wait. He's gonna he he's he's trying to squeeze in through the bars at the prison. He's already. He locked up. He's in a Moroccan prison and he's trying to come up with an escape plan. So his plan is he's going to cut through the bars because someone's going to send him a saw and he's going to start dropping weight so that he can squeeze in through so that he doesn't have to cut as many bars. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All, all right. right. So check this out. Somebody, this is fucking totally Looney Tune style. Someone sends him a cake with a fucking saw in it. he has this cake in his cell another inmate breaks into his cell to steal his shit because he knows he's got drugs he's got money he's got clothes whatever when he's in there guess what he finds the saw yes he finds the saws and then guess what he does he breaks out out. oh no he breaks him out and then that that's it. That ends the whole escape plan right there because then they put him, they lock him up even more. They give him more time. And that's basically where he's been ever since. Man, that 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 other inmate, man, he fucked it up, man. He could have just freed himself. That was that was kind of a, that was a little <laughs> bit of a waste. Crazy, there. dude. Crazy, crazy story. And uh, I want to say just yesterday, I posted a pic of Something that Lee Murray spent a lot of – they don't say how much money he spent on this, but he spent some money on a mural <laughs> depicting his only win in the UFC. Unfortunately, it looked like it was made by a middle school kid. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't think he would have found somebody better. I mean, I actually felt sorry for him, but uh, crazy, crazy story. Lee Murray still locked up, uh, and you know what? I don't think they found all the money yet. Oh shit! So there's, a, yep, there's potential word, for so. some of that money to be out there still, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's somewhere. Someone knows where it's at. So, um, crazy, crazy story, man. What a waste of talent. He could have. I mean, I'm not saying he would have been a champ. Who knows? You know, for sure mm-hmm. he would have gave us some awesome fight. No way in hell he would have made more than 92 million dollars. Not even close. Um, I was gonna say, but, man, man. I don't. I think. I think that. Talent, I think that was his talent. I mean. Sneaking off with ninety-two million dollars is now no easy feat. I'm not saying I condone it or nothing, but I'm just like that's pretty fucking memorable. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, that's a crazy ass story, man. Crazy story. Wow. Who's on deck? Wow. All right, man. Well, I'll go next. I'll go next. So yeah, my story is uh, is is definitely strange in a different way. So. Your story is um, always strange in a different way. I know, way. I know, Girl. man, I know. So, <laughs> all right. So the, this uh, this experiment that I was talking about earlier, um, it was carried on by this guy, um, um, John B. Calhoun, and he's if I if I um, remembering correctly, he's some sort of um, kind of like a social scientist. Um, and what he did was he uh, he the experiment cons- like was creating this sort of rat utopia or like mouse utopia type of thing as a setup. So what they did is they started off with uh, four sets of breeding pairs of these 
lab rats. <clears throat> and the four pairs of rats were um, were pre-screened to make sure that you know that like there wasn't any type of like diseases or any any kind of like anomalies in their genes and stuff like that. They were just you know they're trying to get the the healthiest uh, pairs uh, of um, of lab rats that they could find for this for this experiment. And what they did is they stocked it up with plenty of food, plenty of water, uh, plenty of like building material for nests, like like put it down to like the optimum um, temperature and humidity and all that shit. Like it just, it was just like perfect conditions. So think about like the most perfect place you can be like fucking Hawaii on like the perfect day. You got everything you need. You got, you know, any food you want, any drink you want. It's all good. And you're there with like fucking hotties that like have no disease and you can just go to town on like, that's what kind of shit that they built here for these little fucking rats. Right. And so the whole thing was like, let's just see kind of what happens. Like what, 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 what happens when you give these rats, like everything that they need and they don't have to worry about shit. And at first, like, you know, goes as well as you expect. So rats don't have to fucking compete for food or nothing. So they're happy. You know what I mean? There's no fucking natural predators. Nothing can happen to them. So all they're doing is what? What would you do in that case? And uh, yeah, I'd be having some fun, especially with all what you just said. But I mean, are rats really going to be at the same? Hell know? yeah! All they were doing is fucking. <laughs> That's, That's what, what they're all about. Pleasure. <laughs> they, were, they were a pleasure <laughs> paradise. Yeah, that's all it was, man. So yeah, man, like, like it just hedonism two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> it was a ripping in the terrain. Ripping in the terrain. <laughs> cool. So check it out. So you know they were fucking so much. Their population doubled every fifty-five days on average as it went on. Like so, every five days, fifty-five. Well, initially it was quicker than that, obviously. But mm. once it kind of maintained like a nice little stability, every fifty-five days that population doubled, and everything was cool for the most part. Um, the trouble began once the population hit 600, like about 620. So at this point in time, the uh, the doubling, the rate of doubling um, decreased to from every 55 days to 145 days. And it wasn't because like there was like a lack of space because the capacity for for this fucking like uh, utopia was 3000. So 3000 motherfucking rats can fit in this motherfucker. Um, so this is like well be before that is a rat paradise. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. But the reason it started to slow down is because at a certain point, fucking rats had like no purpose. Like there's only so many alpha males that can that can lead like a like a group of fucking rats. So like lesser males didn't have a real like a role. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they were just kind of started to withdraw from the group. So instead of being like these little communal, like little huddles or whatever of, of rats or communities, they would just kind of isolate themselves. Or there was like this little pool in the center of, of, of the fucking en enclosure. And they would just spend their day there and just chilling, just like, like lethargic, just not really wanting to do shit. They would just lay like, they wouldn't want to do shit. Like they would just sit there. And then some of the alpha males became way more aggressive than they normally would. So what they started doing is they just started going to these fuckers who were just withdrawn and started fucking with them. Just fucking like just beating the shit out of them, biting them. And the fucking the withdrawn males would just sit there and take it. 
like they wouldn't want to fight back. They would just fucking sit there and like let them fucking be, like just fucking beat the crap up. Submissive. Yeah, that's all they were doing. And then so those aggressive, same aggressive males will also start raping um, all the females, and then also some of those submissive males. They oh. would just fucking start. Yeah, they would just start fucking raping like motherfuckers, like crazy. And then some of the female rats um, they had they had kids. They would just abandon their kids. Fucking let them fend for themselves, and the aggressive males would also go and rape those motherfuckers. So it, yeah, it just started going nuts, and then all of a sudden things went even crazier and crazier, and then they even started like just fucking eating each other. There's fucking plenty of food around, but they just started fucking like after they started like you know kicking each other's asses, then they would just like start gnawing on each other and start eating parts of each other. Fucking wild, dude. Yeah, dude. It just became a crazy, crazy experiment. And then, so the population peaked at 2,200, like, um, rats. So still below the capacity of this fucking enclosure. Mm -hmm. So one of the, some of the things that they were saying, like, well, what led to it? And then, well, the original, you know, the original theory uh, proposed by John B. Calhoun is that, um, you know, as, as population expands and then there's like these these social structures that people don't like when you have everything you need and don't have to go out and work for yourself and 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 um, and uh, like just, you know, struggle or whatever, like it makes you be complacent. And that are you saying your- that this is like where we're at right now as a society? That's why everyone's uh- always shooting each other and having crazy road rage. We're the well, rats, and we have too much resources, so we're going crazy. That I'm that sorry. was look. I that, that, the there. That's that's what this guy proposed, right? And look, I mean, if you look around, what's happening? Yeah, it's kind of easy to see that maybe that's what's happening now. But in reality, like ever since this experiment took place, um, other social scientists have like looked at this and said, "Well, yeah, but it's not the whole story." You know what I mean? Because the, the, here's the thing. The real thing, the real situation started uh, going awry in this experiment when uh, some of the males became withdrawn. And the reason why they became withdrawn was because it wasn't because like they were given everything that they needed. It was that they just had no place. You know what I mean? Like that, that it was part of it. It oh, was part of it. Shit. You know what I mean? But it was just like they had no place in the world. So it's just like they just withdrew. You know what I mean? And then. The, so the if you don't males, have a place in society, you're just gonna turn to a psycho serial killer rapist. I mean, rat. it, it <laughs> well, not necessarily, but it'll lead you to do shit that you normally wouldn't do. It'll fucking me- mess with your psyche, is what they were saying. Well, bro, um, I actually that's funny that you said that because I was actually um like a uh, maybe a week ago I was listening to this podcast and right. someone and they were actually talking very similar to what you're talking about right now. And seeing like into you know kind of bringing it to like today's society, yeah, and right not going the the lines of like what Frankie's talking about, but um how like masculinity masculinity you know in today's society how it's changing you know how there's sometimes there's that um if you're very you know I I don't know how to say it, but basically like in today's society in some areas you know it's kind of like you're wrong if you're masculine and everything and um. They were talking about like how back in the fifties and sixties, you know, how people were having kids because like they had farms and you know they it was helping them you know could, you know grow the farms and then over the years, kind of that's changed and they've seen like statistics now 
that um because you were talking about like the growth and everything of these rats and stuff you know like over the years they have seen a decrease and even like today like even like my girls you know my girls are like we don't want to have kids like they're like holy we don't want our kids we don't and that's like the generation now whereas back in the day that was kind of like your thing like you grew up you got married you had kids and then you know it kind of grew from that but over the years they've as the generations have gone they've started seeing a decline and it, at the same in just the in just the that area the population growth they're starting to see that now in in today's society that we're we might if it keeps going we might not be able to sustain like our like our society because there's no more kids being you know wanting to be born and stuff like that and then you know like the other part where you're talking about how no purpose and everything there you know the society guy or social guy was saying that no purpose he was also talking about that and how like in today's society like you know kids and everything like that young boys and everything they're you know they're not really taught to be you know masculine it's kind of just like if that you're masculine you're you're, it's kind of wrong and i I mean he kind of goes he goes way you know like really explains it better than i am but he hit a lot of the things that you're talking about in that like damn that's that's crazy yeah and i mean and it's 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 a lot more than just like the status up because obviously you know obviously like humans are a lot more complex than 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 rats right Mm -hmm. um but i mean it does it does get you to think about purpose right like in and it's true man like i don't know i don't know if you've ever dealt with this um and you know but i'm sure have so i I don't want to speak for anybody but you know there was points in my life where i felt like i had you know I, i didn't know what my purpose was you know what I mean? And, and, and in those times you, you do tend to feel lost and withdrawn and not really mm-hmm. know what to do and how to, how to act and behave. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it just kind of leads you to really like, like kind of messed up places sometimes, you know what I mean? Mentally speaking. So it's, it's pretty easy to kind of like see how this can affect like, a, um, like a mass amount of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's pretty crazy, dude. So it just it's nuts. I don't know if like we're at that level right now, but it certainly can see how 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 shit can be fucked up in a society. You know what I mean? And like you know, like I feel like we're pro- on a razor wire, almost about to tip over, and that's what we could be facing yeah. pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. I'm just messing. Yeah, maybe we're maybe. animals. Yeah, that, well that's true. I mean, at, at at the end of the day, we are animals. We might be more complex ones, but we're still animals. You know what I mean? We still have the same type of structure that 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 uh, these rats do. So Shit, I don't know. Man. Still Maybe... eats his mocos. <laughs> <laughs> Fool, what? You're not supposed to. <laughs> I like yeah, to so... put him on my toast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a crazy ass story, dude. Like yeah, that dude. was a. Like the more I read about that, the more like the crazier the rabbit hole I went down through. You yeah. know what I mean? That experiment had some just crazy implications. Like it's totally theoretical. You know what I mean? It's just theory, it's just data. You know what I mean? Who knows mm-hmm. if that can really expand to to the human realm? But it's interesting, man. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, something to consider as we kind of move forward to society, you know what I mean? Like, just, you know, when people are starting to get withdrawn, you know, it can, it can, you know, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it, you know, just 
just noticing people around you who do seem to be withdrawn and and maybe try to reach out and see you know if we can at least in in the slightest sense help them find some purpose you know for sure bring them into the group somehow you know yeah Mm -hmm. we'll find our way right or true or good job fonzo that's a crazy ass story Thanks for bringing us way the fuck down on that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, to pick us back up, and let's get your let's get your topic up, man. Oh man, well, I definitely feel like mine is nowhere near your guys. I feel like you know, I guess I feel like real life, the little cousin who's kind of trying to hang out with his older uh, older cousins and stuff, and you know, and talk trying to find something to talk about that's you know super interesting, uh, especially after those two topics. Damn, those are good, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna find that podcast. I'm gonna share it with you guys and, and tell me what all you guys right, yeah, think. Yeah, you, you read that and everything, and uh, gives you statistics and stuff. But all right, so my topic um, on a kinder, gentler note um, <laughs> is it's just talking about Marvel, man. Um, so that's really like a big thing right now, um, especially like in my household. It's kind of one of those things that we you know we share. I I share this with I've always shared this with my cousin um, since I was little. You know, collecting comics. Uh, he got me into collecting comics, obviously he's older. So, you know, he was collecting comics. I started collecting comics and then, you know, we would go, we walk, like we take the, bu- the first time I, I think I, first time I took the bus was with, uh, cousin Frank, uh, going to the comic book store and, uh, you know, getting comics and, you know, comic cards and stuff like that. And so my earliest memories have been, you know, Marvel and stuff and just, oh, over- oh. I thought by by comics you meant Susia magazines that your uncles used to used to hide underneath his mattress. Cool, those were only oh. in Tijuana at the newspaper stand. Oh, okay, stands. my bad, my bad. All right, sorry, sorry about that, Aunt. I didn't want to interrupt. No okay. no I just no wanted way. to clarify. I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so we like you know, there's something that we used to you know do, and oh, just basically like over the years, it's just. Um, you know, how it's changed. We went from having comic books and having all these stories and now it's, you know, well, actually not now, but maybe like, uh, you know, maybe mid two thousands, um, maybe early two thousands, they started coming out with, you know, obviously the Marvel whole universe, the movies, the phase one, phase two, you know, phase three accumulated in phase three, um, uh, not too long ago and now we're moving on to phase four of all these things and you know just you know watching this and seeing how it's grown and then you know sharing this with like my daughters and stuff who you know they didn't necessarily have that generation of collecting comics but now this is this is their first experience with marvel and everything like that and you know and so to them it's just like oh it's a movie you know it's a great movie or it's this and that but to us it's like you've seen that transition from comic book of just paper you know and possibly maybe a a small movie or a small cartoon and that was really all that we got to now you have this whole marvel universe that it just blowing and exploring you know and you know one you know questions i i had that i was gonna i wanted to ask you guys you know being and you guys you guys are familiar with marvel i know cousin frank is alfonso you're you're, you're familiar like what are your thoughts here's two questions for you so during you know the early Marvel movies, we had uh, a couple actors that changed in character in these movies. So first one you had is Hulk. With uh, first he was uh, Edward Norton, and then he went to Mark Ruffalo. What's your guys' thoughts on that? Like you know them changing and going. Who do you think was better? Oh man, that's difficult. Do you mind if I take this first, Frank? 
Go for it, dude. Go for um, it. That, oh, man, that's difficult to say for me because check it out. I, I really like the tone of The Incredible Hulk. I thought it was a pretty good movie. I really enjoyed it. And I like and I really like Edward Norton as an actor. You're talking um, about the Eric Bana Incredible Hulk, right? <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. I'm just messing. Let's pretend that one didn't happen. I, I always pretend that one didn't happen. That one was terrible. But no, good, good, um good. Yeah, Edward Norton's Incredible Hulk, man, was was good, man. I, I like that it was it was kind of gritty. Um, I like the fact that he was, you know, he, I mean, it was kind of like the only thing I didn't like was this kind of like the same Hulk story pretty much. Um, so I kind of wanted it to be a little different, you know, just be him being chased by Thunderbolt Ross. Of course, I know why they had to do that, but still one a little bit different. I like the fact that, that they had, um, um, the abomination at the end, that fight was fucking tight. Um, you know, there was a lot of good things to do uh, to, to, um, to that movie. And I, and I was super bummed when they canceled the follow-up. Um, that said though. I really don't. I really see why Marvel didn't include it. Um, like, I mean, it's still canon, I suppose. You know, it's still there, but they're not gonna move forward with that tone or uh, Edward Norton. So I do like Hulk now. I like um, Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. I, I think it's it's like funnier and it works better with that ensemble and it works better within the MCU now. I don't think um, um, Edward Norton's Hulk would would mesh that well. You know what I mean? So, right, right. But um, I don't know. I mean, I like. I, I guess the way I look at it right now is I like that they're both here. I like that I can go back and watch The Incredible Hulk and enjoy it just as a standalone movie and still know that it's connected somewhat to the MCU. But I also right, like right. that that the MCU exists the way it is now. What about you, Frank? Uh, you know what? I'm a. I was a big Ed Norton fan. I was a. I love that everything about that Incredible Hulk movie with him, the storyline, the way it played out, um, the awesome fight scene you just described. Um, but when they switched over to Mark Ruffalo, I, I just. I don't know if you said this or not, but I felt like he didn't miss a beat. I was, it was a different Hulk. Right. He played it a different, completely different character, but you could still, but it still fit into the Hulk style. You know. Hulk right. is one of my favorite characters. I did read a lot of Hulk back in the day. I love uh, if you're also a Hulk fan, and if you're looking for some old stuff to read, look up anything written by Bruce Jones. He did a fantastic storyline with Incredible Hulk back in the early 2000s. Um, but the Hulk that's now with Mark Ruff, I can't even I can't even remember the Hulk that was before that. I kind of just feel like this is the Hulk that. We deserve it fits perfectly into the MCU, and uh, I don't. I really don't see a problem with it, you know. So I, I'm kind of glad, actually. The only thing that now that you're saying that, Frank, the only thing that comes to mind that I I don't know how it would play out, and I would definitely want to see this on the big screen. I don't know if we're ever going to get the opportunity, but it, it's like if I if I could like like have Kevin Feige's ear and say, "Hey, man, you better make this happen." I would ask him for World War Hulk. And I don't. I, I oh, honestly yeah. think World War Hulk would work Not way Thor better. Ragnarok style. I want the real no. Planet Hulk story. It, exactly. Exactly. That's I, one of I, my all-time favorite stories of all. Thank you for bringing that up, Fonzo. Yeah. So I think Ed Norton's Hulk would work way better in that storyline than Mark Ruffalo. Oh, for sure. He's got that fury. He's got that passion. He's got that yep. fire that Planet Hulk thrives on. You know. Yeah. Uh, great storyline. If you haven't read it, go check that out. Cause 
Thor Ragnarok does an injustice to Planet Hulk, even though they tease it. Uh, yeah. You still don't get the full story, man. It's a yeah. really great story. What about yeah, you? What about, what well, I mean, I, I think I think uh, I was just gonna hit on this, but I, I agree with both you guys on you know on Hulk and everything like that, and how you know the movie was great standalone, and but Mark, you know, Mark Ruffalo really you know gives us what we winged. But I think also too, I think Mark Ruffalo brings not only a good Hulk, but he also brings a good Bruce Banner to the whole situation, like. Edward Norton, you know, great actor, you know, he, you know, played a, a good Bruce Banner and everything like that. But I really, I mean, as far as like what I remember from the comics and everything, I feel like Mark Ruffalo really brought that um, Bruce Banner uh, character to life. Like it wasn't just about Hulk. It was both characters and they developed both characters uh, very well with him. And I think he did like he did a great job. But um, here's my here's my uh, next and uh, last question before I get on to. Uh, the rest of what I, I researched and found. Um, but my last question would be, what about War Machine? You got War Machine, who uh, started off as uh, Terrence Howard and then became Don Cheadle after the first one. And we won't get into why, you know, you know the rumors of why he switched and why they, you know, switched him out. But who do you think played a better um, War Machine? I'll go with you, Frank. What do you, uh, think? you know what? I'm, I'm not a big Terrence Howard fan. So when he left, I, I really didn't care, you know. Uh, War Machine, mm-hmm. not a character that I'm very familiar with either, you know. But I do gotta mm-hmm. admit that I like Don Cheadle as him. I think he he fits him better than the other guy did. You know what I mean? And as yeah, as an actor, I mean, I just like Don Cheadle's work more. I'm sorry, I'm more of a fan. Right, right. What yeah. what about you, Alfonso? Um, I don't know, man. I I don't know if I gave that one that much thought. You know what I mean? Um. Terrence Howard, yeah. you know, he's, he's got some good movies. I, I liked him in Hustle and Flow. You know what I mean? Uh, if he would have spit that, uh, whoop that trick sign, uh, song in, in, in Iron Man, I think I would have been better. Uh, you know, uh, I'm playing. But um, I don't know, man. Don Sheetle did pretty good. I, I think, I think uh, I, I don't really had it. I didn't have an issue with it, although it took me, took me out a little bit when I, like, when I saw Iron Man 2. And I saw Don Cheadle instead of Terrence Howard. Uh, I think, like, physically, Terrence Howard looks the part more, you know, of, of the comic book, st- comic book um, style than, than uh, Don Cheadle does. But it's not that big of a deal. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What I, if it would have been Terrence Howard from Four Brothers with Marky Mark, though? <laughs> okay. <laughs> 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 then they should have kept him, but he didn't play that guy. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm with, uh, I'm with you guys on that. I mean, when Terrence Howard left, I, you know, it pretty much, it was like, oh, okay, not a big deal. Like it, it wasn't. I don't think that he really made the character like Don Cheadle does. You know, right. you know, looks wise and everything. I don't know. You know, I don't. I'm not really familiar with what he resembled, the character resembled in the comic books to to say. So strictly off of what the movies and how they've explained him in the movies and everything, you know, maybe he fits. Uh, uh, Terrence fits that more uh, Air Force, you know, officer look and feel for me. But I think Don Cheadle really hits the character um, very well, and I, I'm I've been super happy with uh, with everything that's going, but. With that, with all that being said, I mean we've had all these Marvel movies going on, and now we're on to Phase Four. Phase Four, you know, 
we're having, you know, black, we started off with, you know, like Black Widow and uh, uh, Shang-Chi. We have Returnals, which Spider-Man's coming out. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse. We got Thor again. Black Panther, the Marvels, Ant-Man and Wasp. Guardians of the Galaxy, Blade and Fantastic Four. And then one thing like that, you know, I'm super excited about all these movies and everything and kind of building on what's going to happen next and the next ultimate phase and, you know, the next Infinity War saga at the end of all this stuff, but how they're mixing the characters and how where they can go uh, in the universe. And one of those things that kind of I'm super excited about and they kind of teased it and they talked about releasing it and then they pulled it back and now we're going to release it is the Morbius movie. You know, the living vampire oh, yeah, uh, played yeah. by yeah, like by Jared Leto. That's supposed to be, now we have a release date of January 28, 2022. So right around the corner and when Ooh, you know doing the research noise. Yeah, yeah doing the research on it, you can see a lot where they could, you know, number one, you got Spider-Man that's now being brought into the uh, the MCU. And we're going to really see the multiverse in this, uh, supposedly in this next um, Spider-Man movie, you know. And then when you start thinking about Morbius, and if you look into it, you already see that Michael Keaton, who was a villain in Spider-Man, is also being introduced or also in the Morbius movie. So, you know, and you know Spider-Man's history with Morbius. You have um, in the last... uh, Venom movie, you saw how they introduced Spider-Man into, you know, the Spider-Man that we know, the Spider-Man that's uh, No Way Home that's coming out. Uh, you you see where they're start they they're ready to start crossing him over, and it's just like man, where they go, Blade, Blade's another one. You see Blade, you know, in the whole list of uh, Morbius, you know, characters and stuff like that, like known allies of uh of Mor- uh, Morbius is Blade. Doctor Strange, who's, you know, big, and we have that multiverse movie that's coming out. And then, you know, there's been talk of a Ghost Rider, another Ghost Rider coming. So can that, you know, introduce Ghost Rider with Morbius, you know, eventually? I mean, I'm just super pumped about where this could go, what they can bring. You know, we have Lizard, who's being talked about in Spider-Man No Way Home, um, and he's one of Morbius's, you know, enemies. So can they bring that all together with Spider-Man and introducing? I'm just super stoked. What about you guys? Dude, um, I just, I mean, it, it's incredible. Like, like you said from the beginning, dude, like um, watching this all play out, it's, it's fucking, it's amazing, dude. Like I remember like as, as a kid, you know, like reading some of the comic books and then getting excited to watch just the cartoons, dude, just Saturday morning mm-hmm. cartoons. You know what I mean? Like just watching the X-Men, like, you know, it, when I first read, for example, like, you know, um, days of futures past, you know, in, in the comics and then was able to watch it like on TV, like on a Saturday morning cartoon, that was fucking dope. Like mm-hmm. it blew my mind as a kid. And, you know, now to, to be able to see these same storylines or similar storylines now, like on the big screen, with like live action, that shit is fucking just amazing. So like I, yeah. I get excited every single time. Um, you know, I, I just I love these comic book movies. So it's like it's kind of cool too because I, you know I don't have kids right now, but my like my nieces and nephews, like they started growing up just like you said with your kids, and mm-hmm. um, and it's something you share, right? Like yeah, you know you you it's it's a new generation. This is what they're seeing. So 
like it's cool to go back and relive like what I saw as a kid with the next generation, but just in this new, different, more exciting format. It is fucking awesome. So I can't wait what's going to happen next, especially as technology gets better. We get yeah. like, you know, like now, I don't know, maybe next, next 10 years, like we'll be in the movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they'll yeah. find a way to put me in the movie somehow. Yeah. Virtual reality. It's it's yeah. becoming, you know, bigger and bigger, you know, first it went for com- uh, comics where it's on the paper. Now, we, you know, our gener- our our later years, we're starting to see like the movies where you're getting the full, you're not just reading and imagining what the character's like and, you know, right. filling in areas. You're getting it right there. You're seeing it. And then what about the next next generation where you're watching movies and you're a part of it? Yep. You're in it. Oh, man, that would be nuts. What yep. about you, Cuz? Oh, super stoked, man. I mean, we talk about this all the time. How many times did we wish we could be kids during this age or where? Or that we wished movies were like this when we were kids because we totally shit our, our pants, no? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think you guys nailed it, everything. You guys said everything that needed to be said about this. It's just, it's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to see, to see our stories come to life on the screen. They literally, these movie studios literally, literally have thousands and thousands of storylines to choose from. I mean, if they wanted to be lazy as fuck, they would never have to write another screenplay in their life. Just pick up a book and put it on film. That's all I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Cool. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's that's really what I got, man. I, I'm super stoked about this, and the more I just, like, dived into it, the more my mind's like, oh, well, they can connect this, and they can connect. I feel like a little kid again. I feel like a little yep. kid again. I want to pull my comics out, pull my comic cards out, and start reading and start getting, you know, into it about where these, where the, you know, where they could connect it and everything. I'm just makes me feel like a kid again. I love this thing, man. Oh yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Good topic, cuz. Way to share. That's some good Thanks. stuff. Way to bring us back up. <laughs> All right, man. You're next, Frank. Close us out. Close us out. All right. All right, man. Let me close us out here. I got, like I mentioned earlier at the beginning of this episode, big shout out to Henry Badillo, who first mentioned this topic to me way back in January. And he hit me up and he was like, hey, yo, check this out. Have you heard of virtual real estate? And I, I hadn't. And I started to look into it a little bit. And I was just like, dude, who's going to be doing this? Who's going to fucking pay for some land? And I mean, how many of you guys have played an open world game before? GTA, World of Warcraft, Skyrim, any of those. Would you ever consider buying land in that world where you could only access it in that world? Nope. No. Not before. Exactly. No. Like, you might, uh, I mean, I've never done this, but I know people spend money on weapons or like skins or costumes for their characters. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. going as far as like to purchase an actual piece of virtual land where you can just say that that's yours. And that's like to me, that's, it seemed kind of extreme. But back in January, we hadn't really heard of the explosion that was about to come. You know what I mean? And what I'm talking about is NFTs. NFTs were these like, to me, I honestly, I don't even really know what they are. To me, they're just like these virtual pictures that you own. But dude, what's, I mean, it's a picture. You can take a screenshot of it. Who gives a shit? You know, <laughs> but these things, 
end up being worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. And fuck? so this virtual world that Henry was jumping in on. So let me explain what this is going to be. And I'm talking about Earth 2. So Earth 2 launched, um, I want to say late, last, late 29, what are we, 21? Late 2020, I want to say, I think. Uh, maybe mid-2020. And what they were aiming for was the people that were making this was they were trying to create a game where in the future people were going to come and gather by the – they're hoping by the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, where they're going to create a one-to-one -one scale of the real world. And they're going to map it out. And I'm sorry, they're not going to. They already did. They mapped out the entire world in a Google map style two-dimensional map where there's a one-by-one-meter grid all over the entire planet. Are you guys following me? Hell okay. yeah. Okay. So you go to this, you go to this website, you type in the search engine. Oh, I want um the corner of Belmont and 7th Street in Fresno, California. And it'll give you an overlay shot. And you'll be like, oh, I want uh you save liquor property uh right there. I want the whole block, and you can buy it in the virtual world. Um, and that and that's what the premise of this was, right? So uh, let me rewind a little bit here and explain how Earth 2 uh, has a three-phase plan, right? So phase one uh, was the phase that just currently finished wrapping up, I want to say like December 4th. So at, prior to December 4th, they were selling these, they call them tiles. So you can buy squares anywhere in the world that you wanted. You want to buy land in China, Japan, California, Russia, Indonesia, you could. Tijuana. But just like in the real life, Tijuana, exactly, exactly. But just like in real life, the tiles in um, a Silicon Valley are going to be worth a whole lot more than some tiles in the middle of the Congo. You following me? Okay. Yeah. All right. So as more and more people buy these tiles in these specific locations, the price of all the tiles in that area goes up. So if everybody's buying tiles in the San Jose area and you got tiles in the San Jose area, the value of your tiles slowly started to go up. And the prices of these tiles range from tens of cents to dollars, you know? You could spend five bucks on 50 tiles in China or two tiles in California, you know. Um, but once you owned them, you owned them. And and that's basically all phase one was. They're just basically trying to sell mm. lots. It's like a housing. It was like a housing development. And they're just advertising, hey, we got these lots. Come buy them. Right. How much and did this so one in Tijuana as, cost, man? I, I, you know what? I don't know the exact numbers. But they're thinking of uh, starting up a Chinese high. food restaurant. <laughs> Bro, you could do it. You could do it. You could do it. I'll get to that in just a little bit. So phase one was basically uh, buy property. That's all they wanted people to do. Buy it. You could buy tiles and you can sell the tiles. Um, they called this anything that you bought prior to December 4th, 2021 was considered phase one. Anything after... It's actually, I'm sorry, not phase one. They're called tier one. Anything bought after December 4th, it's considered tier two now. So the main difference between tier one and tier two 
leads us to phase two of their plan. And in phase two, they were thinking that by this, by the time they started phase two, they probably were going to have all the tiles sold, which they don't. You can still buy them. Even if someone buys a tile, you can buy it from them as long as they're willing to sell it. Any questions so far? No, but I, I do have something to add unless uh, you're going to cover this later. Because I was looking at it when when you and I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um, that on those tiles, it also tells you what resources might be available to you in that in that tile. Well, that's phase two, yeah. So okay. in phase two, the each tile is supposed to generate some type of uh, resource. It can be coal, it can be metal, it can might, might be gold, it could be wood, but it kind of correlates to real life. So, for example, um, let's say you want to buy a tile in Fresno. You're buying a tile in the middle of Tower District. You're like, yes, I want tile. I'm buying the corner of uh, Palm and Olive, and I'm going to start building whatever. I'm going to build a gold mine, and I want gold. Well, guess what, fucker? In real life, there is no gold in that area. So in the game, there's not going to be any gold in that area either. So one thing that they that they do mention as a tip is wherever there's real life resources in the real world, you might consider purchasing land in that area because in the virtual world, there's a high probability that those same resources are going to be found on that on those tiles. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you want to buy dime? You want your property to produce diamonds? You better go to Africa and get into them diamond mines down there. Uh, you want some gold, you better go to the Congo and get one of them gold mines out there. You want some silver, you better get into them silver mines in Mexico. You know what I'm saying? Do your research and you can find out. That's just one of the tips that you can find on their website. Uh, another thing I, I mentioned, uh, if you bought tiles prior to December 4th, it was called Tier 1. Tier 1 tiles produce more resources than Tier 2. So if you're buying stuff now, you're not your your land is not going to produce as much resources as the tier one stuff. However, I did read that there is going to be a way for you to convert your tier two properties into tier one properties. Uh, I emailed Earth Two themselves and I asked, "How can you do this?" And they responded by saying, "We're not doing that at this time." So I don't know why their website says that you can. When they're telling me you can't, so maybe in the future they'll figure that out. But I'm sure you just got to pay some cash and you can upgrade your land to tier two. Um, one reason you would want to upgrade your land, I'm sorry, from tier two to tier one is so that you can create more resources. Um, no matter what, I, I want to, I don't know how they convert the wood, gold, silver, whatever resources into this other resource. But the main resource that they use in the game, it goes by the name of Essence. Essence is collected and Essence is then turned into jewels. Jewels can then, kind of like, you guys ever play World of Warcraft? Nah. Mm -mm. Oh, no. All right. All right. So I, I used to play World of Warcraft back in the day. And my character had a job on the side that he would do. And he was a jewel crafter and he would, I would find these gems like in an auction or while I was in a cave on a, on a mission or some shit, I would find these gems. But because I, my character had these, these, uh, call them recipes and the skills to make jewels. I could craft 
better jewels with the jewels that I would find. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. So in this game, you can the the gems that your tiles produce, you can then use them to create better gems or better jewels. Once you have these better jewels, you keep these jewels on your property by something that's called a mentor, I believe. A mentor, it, I, it doesn't specifically say what these mentors are, but it kind of just sounds like a safe, like a holder for your jewels. If you don't have a mentor on your tile, you're not going to be able to hold the jewels. So you can either buy a mentor for them for five bucks or after 14 days, one's just going to pop up on your property. Every time you buy the tile, one will pop up 14 days later. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. All right. You produce those jewels and you combine them to make them better jewels. And then your, your property produces even more resources. And then after a while, you can then sell those resources or trade them with other people for who knows what they do. It does sound like they have like a, like a marketplace where you can sell your jewels and your tiles if you're interested mm. in doing stuff like that. So it's an actual marketplace. Um, so that takes us into phase three. And in phase three, this is where it starts getting crazy. It gets really crazy. They're really trying to bring in um, – well, you guys seen Ready Player One where the guys put yeah. on the goggles yeah. and once they put yeah. the goggles on, they're like in a real world where, okay, well, eventually once they get to phase three, they're hoping that they can not only provide a Ready Player One style world for us to be in, but they want to combine that with augmented reality. So what they oh, want shit. is for you to be walking around, say, for example, hey, we're all... Uh, we're all going to go have drinks at River Park. We're all at the yard house and we're, we're all in our booth and we all put on our VR goggles. And when we look in the yard house, we can see everybody in there. But we're also in our Earth 2 world that's overlaid on top of the real world. So it's a VR world inside of the real world. I have no idea how this is going to work, but it sounds cray. And eventually, by the time they get into phase three, they want people to start building on their land. You can build buildings. Fonzo was talking about creating an, an amazing Chinese food marketplace in Tijuana. I heard there's a crazy market for it. It could explode. Who knows? Maybe you could take that world right, Fonzo. I don't know. But what they're trying to envision is a world where there's no boundaries. There's no limits. You can build whatever the F you want. And they're trying to build a community a community of users that are going to help because they're even saying, dude, we don't even have the technology to build what we're saying we can build yet. We're hoping that it can get created sometime in the near future. Yeah, dude. But like, if you, if you stop and think about it for a second, like the pieces are there, you know what I mean? Like, all right, think about, think about it this way. Um, have you heard of, um, uh, of silent, um, like nightclubs? No, tell us. So a what? Yeah, like like a, a like a silent nightclub. Oh, you're I, talking about where they have the earphones on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So you okay. go, you pick up a pair of earphones, you put them on. There's a DJ spitting, yeah, and he's just like spinning music, and like it's just being cast directly to the earphone. So like, you walk around, there's nothing. Like you don't hear shit because everybody's mm-hmm. wearing ear earphones. Be right. more dancing, just cool. like they normally would, but like 
you can take off your earphones and stop listening to music. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like that is kind of happening already. And it's been happening for a couple years. So you have virtual reality. I mean, dude, Frank, for for we just did this a few weeks ago. We went to this this place where we did this whole virtual game. Dude, that how dope was that? That was awesome. awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? We're already kind of doing bits and pieces of all of this. This is just a place where it's all going to be combined. You know what I mean? Think about it this way. You, um, like, dude, my niece bought, like, has this Oculus, like, you know, fucking device thing. Uh, She brought it over to my house, and we're playing with it for a little bit. Dude, you could totally watch a movie in that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, you have, and then if you get some nice headphones, think about it. You can sit down in a place, right? And you don't even have to find like these these big speakers. You have the best seat in the house because it's projected to you. You can still go to the movies with your with your friends. Like we can all still get together in the same place. But think about the movie just coming to you instead of the movie you going to the movie. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. sick. That's awesome. You never have to leave your house. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah. or you can if you want to. Still, like you said, we can yeah. go to a yeah. place and still have a beer together overlay this this i mean think about it like now like like it's you can be in like an adult ass room it's all like you know it's just like plain walls and shit and a door and some windows but when you overlay on top then you get like this virtual world that fucking looks amazing you can know be what i mean in like star wars cantina yeah. while you're taking a poop in the downtown library mm-hmm. You can do whatever we want. Like, hey, man, let's go drinking tonight. All right. You guys want to go to the jungle? You want us going to go outer space? All right. Let's go to outer space Fuck. tonight. I want to go to the tiki okay. bar. Let's go. But well, what, well, what about on the other end of that? I mean, on the other end of that, you have – who? I want to know, like, who? who's going to regulate all this stuff? Who's going to, you know – is there going to be disputes between things of, oh, he say, she say thing or, like – Hackers, like, what if it gets hacked? What if your stuff gets hacked? How are you buying? Are you going to be government? Are, but I mean, like, the money is going to, you buy these tiles because you have money. So the more money you have, the more you're going to be able to have and the more you're going to prosper. So, I mean, that's almost like. So when you buy property, like, one thing I forgot to mention is that the currency in this world is all going to be run on basically crypto technology. It's all blockchain blockchain technology i can't i don't know the specifics of it i do know that it is incredibly hard to hack into though so you basically have to like lose your information or blast it somewhere for someone to be able to to take it from you Mm, man i don't i don't i mean i'm just thinking i mean my i mean i'm definitely on board with this i mean we're talking about the marvel thing and then you know you're kind of going into that realm right there you know, Billy, you could do, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless, but then at the same time, like at this stage, it's like the wild west. We don't even know. Yeah. Like, we yeah. don't even know what problems we're creating right now. We just opened up this fucking box Pandora's and box. all kinds of crazy stuff is going to start happening. So is it going to be perfect? No. Are there going to be crazy hiccups? Yes. Are people going to get scarred and fucked up from this? Probably. Um, but I mean, it's like internet. You know what I mean? We it's it's the future. It's what's gonna happen next. So it's gonna happen whether we like it or not. And mm-hmm. I mean, we can always say all oh, all all these negatives, all these negatives. But at the same time, we can also come up with all these crazy positives. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. we really have a way to share our ideas and our visions with whatever. And who knows what the currency is going to be like in this world? You know what I mean? A, a 10 year old yeah. can create the biggest, massivest, awesomest skyscraper that an adult could never even think of. And he's going to be able to get paid for that, you know? Or Alfonso Word. can create his jungle gym, water slide, lazy river, trampoline party park that he's always wanted to. Who cares yeah. if so nobody like, goes? So That's basically, what he it's like wants. my. So it's basically like my daughter's game of what's that uh, game she plays that this Roblox? is like Minecraft for adults. There you Roblox, go. Roblox, Minecraft, Minecraft for big for adults. This is exactly what it's going to be, and. uh they're saying so. I, I didn't. I. I mean, I'm. I'm kind of jumping around back and forth here. But let's say you buy um, Times Square in New York. You buy all the land in Times Square, New York. Uh, you're buying the land. You're not buying the buildings. So when the world goes live, all those buildings are going to be gone. It's just going to be flat space for you to start building on. So uh, I mentioned how you might, if you're interested in buying. You might want to buy land where you can actually find real resources in the real world. Another tip mm-hmm. that they gave out was uh, if you're interested in buying property that could eventually be worth money, look for a place that's got a really nice view. Because yeah. say you bought the you buy the land where the Hollywood Malibu. sign is. That's way the hell up on the mountains. Buy mm-hmm. that mountain, build whatever the fuck you want up there. Who knows? They're going to invent a way for you to build on mountains. I'm pretty sure. You know, I was looking yeah. at buying Half Dome because you can buy Half Dome right now. What? Yeah, dude, somebody bought the parking lot across the way from Half Dome where you pop out of that little tunnel and then you can yeah, see yeah. it from across the way. Yeah. Somebody bought all that. But right next to that, you can buy. But I mean, it's just a cliff going straight down into the Yosemite Valley, I want to say. Yeah. Um, but you can buy it. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? Maybe they'll be able to create a way for you to build horizontally and vertically. You know, who knows? So, I mean, so um, can you, and you said this is like, they're, the tiles are like all over the globe, right? Not just yeah. the nation? Yes, yeah. all over. So, yeah, you can buy in the so middle of the can, ocean if you wanted. You could buy in Iraq. You could buy in Russia, Germany, all those You can buy too? anywhere. You can buy anywhere, yeah. and when you go to that area, the tiles will pop up, mm-hmm. and they'll have flags on each tile, depending on where that person is from. They, you can mm-hmm. once you buy a tile, you can put an American flag if you want, or you can create your own flag to designate <laughs> that's your property, and that uh-huh. just shows other people that somebody owns that land. Well, if you click on it, it'll tell you who owns that, and you can offer them, hey, hey I. I'll give you 20, and it's basically, um, I think the currency is E. It just says E, but it's like one for one. It's a dollar. So one okay. E is one U.S. dollar. Um, something else I was going to mention. What was I going to mention? Property. Um, so you energy. could basically, so you're going to have, you could possibly have dumbasses that you spend all their money on their virtual world and then go bankrupt. In the real world, because they spend most of their life buying and updoing their virtual world and forget about their regular world. You could possibly have that, right? But here's the thing, yes. man. If, you, if you're if you doing well in the, in the virtual world, it's one-to-one, man. And Pearly means you're doing well, too. 
But at the same, yes, but I mean, exactly. but think about it. Think about it. How many, how many rich people or people that are famous, whatever? Let's just talk about them. Famous rich people have money, don't spend it right, or whatever, buy all whatever, and then end up working at McDonald's or bankrupt or working a regular job because they blew it. Same thing. Same thing right there. Well, yeah, because I mean, that's you gotta, if you got to pay your electricity, you got to pay your gas, you got to pay yeah, yeah. You know, your property and everything. But then, oh, man, I could really buy this property in the virtual world. I can really buy this, buy that. And oh, shit, I can't pay my electricity bill. Or they're spending so much time in the virtual world, they forget to eat. And then you have health issues and stuff like that. Like, you could literally have like people like that. Hmm. It, it's just I think like you were living in movie. South Korea too long, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, yeah, what? no, you're you're absolutely right. You know, you're absolutely right but with uh, like, uh, you know, if this is gonna take time away from other things, you know, yeah, just like and any other take, hobby, you know. And but think about it. they. Uh, this is I think like an episode on uh, Black Mirror on Netflix. Have you guys watched that? Uh, that Black no. Mirror. It's like no. one. Each episode is different. But it's basically like that. You live your life in a virtual world. Like yeah, you are well, in there's your people world. already doing this right now. I mean, there's yeah. some people who would rather play World of Warcraft all day long because their life in that world is better than their real life. You know, the, or they, the only they difference that the only difference is in in this world, you actually have a chance of making real money. Yeah, and the odds have a chance of losing money too. I mean, yeah, but in in World of Warcraft, all you're doing is losing money. Yeah, you're not no, making. I've never played. I've never, True. I've never played and I, I kind of feel like if you look at it as like you're just playing a game, then mm-hmm. I mean you're not going to drop. I mean you could drop a thousand dollars. You could, you know. Yeah. But I mean that's on you. You know what I mean? You're an adult. You got to make your own decisions. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's just something else to do. You know what I mean? Something that uh, I read about, and I've been reading more and more about it, and I'm I'm getting really interested in it, and and just like crypto. You know, 10 mm-hmm. years ago, when when people were slowly starting to talk about it, people were like, man, fuck that, man. Get out of I hear that noise. Dude, mm-hmm. how bad do we wish we would have listened to them people? Because, you know, Bitcoin's like mm-hmm. 30K now, 35K. And 10 years ago, mm-hmm. it was like not even 300 bucks. So, yeah. fuck, fuck us, I need those, fuck my those life. to go up. <laughs> this could be the next this could be the next big thing who knows you know yeah. or it can just be a big crazy game you know but uh well, that's, that's my last topic guys well because if my doge if my doge hits a dollar i'm buying you a property <laughs> that's what i'm talking about i want dubai all right it's your if a fucking doge hits a dollar yeah we'll, we'll be buying dubai just get me a chinese restaurant up. chinese restaurant <laughs> in tijuana all I, want, man. I think I know a location. I think right. I know a location. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's a wrap, man. Fonzo, cuz you guys got anything else you guys want to add? Yeah, I got one last thing to say. Uh, Jujitetto's out there. Hey, it was a pleasure talking to you guys tonight. And um, I just want to say, last thing, man, um, R.I.P. Chente. Um, you know, the world is going to feel that one for a little while. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Salute, man. Hey, salute. He took one more last shot of tequila on his way out. I know he did. Yep. Damn. Rest in peace, El Rey. Yep. Yep. 
What about you, Andy? Good shout out, Fonz. Cuz, yeah, anything right. you want to add? Man, I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to end after that. But uh, hey, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I look forward to the next one. And man, this is some great talks. I, I mean, I'm ready to talk some more about this stuff next time. Uh, Hell yeah. But, uh, yeah! I mean, this is just a thing we do every once in a while. You know what I mean? Every once in a while, you hear something, you know, on the mats, uh, or you hear something on the radio, or on the internet, or in a podcast, or in a magazine, or in an article, and then that that night in class, you're telling people about it. You know, when yeah. I first started listening to the Joe Rogan podcast back in the day. I would listen. I would listen to an episode, and I would go to class that night, and I would be like, "Yo, I heard this on Rogan, blah blah." blah. And I almost every episode, there was something that made me want to go out and research, find a book, find an article, listen to mm-hmm. a song, something. You know what I mean? And that, this mm-hmm. is just kind of like a like an ode, like a like a payback to that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I really, I'm into telling stories. I'm into telling truth. I'm just I'm into talking, man, and I, and I like sharing stuff. So uh, everybody out there listening to this episode, we really hope you appreciate the episode. Uh, if you liked it, drop us a message, give us a five star rating on iTunes, whatever you're feeling. You know, that's a wrap for this week's episode, Jujiteros. Thank you so much. If you have a cool ass topic that you think we should cover on the next segment of Forties with Friends, let us know. Uh, drop us a DM on Insta, on Facebook. Leave us a message on our webpage. You can find that webpage at www.jujiteroc2c.com. Look for that little blue podcasting microphone and drop us a voicemail. I think it's like on the lower right-hand corner of the page. Uh, by the way, Fonzo, please stop leaving us those heavy breathing voicemails we fucking know it's you fool so stop all right <laughs> all right jujiteros stay tuned for our end of the year mma bjj award show dropping soon until next time keep rolling and training and we hope to hear from you soon peace was that your zipper fool what the fuck <laughs> this is the motivation <laughs>
This is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense.